The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan. Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. <coughs> Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight our Lord, our Rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. In the homes of a seamstress lives a scissor which is not to be used for any other purpose than to cut thread or fabric. Carpenters hold personal tools of their trade, trusting in their ability to complete the tasks well. A calligrapher loves the feel and weight of a particular pen. Artists depend on the quality of one favorite brush out of the many available for purchase. A biker who has built the absolutely perfect bike becomes one with that tool as he or she pedals down the road. Cooks guard jealously the specialty knife that has been sharpened to precisely chop the ingredients for a gourmet meal. The tools we use in daily life are important. 
when handing our tools to someone else to use, we give careful instructions about how to take care of them. We don't relinquish them easily. This is the season of Epiphany. And in the Epiphany season, we always need to look for the surprise. In today's Gospel, Jesus calls ordinary fishermen to follow him. Astonishingly, each of the four men on the edge of the sea immediately abandon what is safe and familiar to do just that, follow Jesus. Because Jesus issued the call, Simon and Andrew abandoned their nets. James and John not only abandoned their nets, but their father as well. It's not surprising for us to hear that two sons would leave their father in the family business. That's something that we all can relate to as we watch parents give wings to their children, sending them off into the world away from all that is familiar to explore other vocations and callings. But to see Simon and Andrew abandon their nets is more surprising to us. Religion professor at Augustana University in Sioux Falls, Dr. Richard Swanson, reflects on this gospel in this way, quote, we don't hear that Simon and Andrew have a father. We don't hear that they have partners. We don't, we only hear, we only hear that they have nets and that they are throwing them into the sea. They abandon their nets, Matthew tells us. These nets were the tools they used every day to practice their trade. If they didn't make their own nets, they surely picked them out, bought them from the best net maker they could afford. Tools matter, and Simon and Andrew abandoned their tools and follow Jesus. When James and John leave their father, at least they know that he will bring the nets home at the end of the day. They know he will tend the nets and preserve them, that he will respect the tools of their trade and care for them. Tools are alive, at least for the person who has learned to use them. But Simon and Andrew abandoned their nets. We all get caught up, don't we, in the casting and mending of our nets, our tools, the nets that sustain life as we know and experience it. The casting and mending is what we do with our lives. And truth be told, when things are going well, when we're comfortable and those nets are functioning just as we want them to be, we don't always hear Jesus walking up to us with a surprise calling, do we? Can you imagine times when tools have needed to be abandoned because something of such urgency called people away, where folks lived ordinary lives until they didn't? 
a call from the hospital, or from the police station, sudden deaths of loved ones, separations or divorce, raids on homes in times of war, ethnic groups being rounded up and taken away to death camps, migrants running from terror. What tools did they leave behind in the urgency of the moment? What about the familiar tools, the living tools, we use in society that perpetuate the false notion that require one person be dehumanized in order for another to be lifted up? What about the living tool of bullying, of cheating, of lying? What about the living tools we use in our institutions that allow systemic racism and all kinds of other isms to continue to flourish in this country or that feed and sustain our white privilege? What about the living tools that false prophets and prosperity preachers use to promise control, money, wealth, success, the trappings that stroke our egos, feed our greed, and make us feel important? Honestly, some of these living tools feel mighty comfortable in our hands. And we aren't quick to abandon them to the heap and walk away. This past Monday, we remembered the birth date of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Pastor Tiffany Cheney from Georgia wrote this blessing as she reflected on the life and legacy of Dr. King. Quote, May you be jolted from your comfort zone. May you be an agitator for good. May you stand up for what's right, even and especially when it costs you something. May you commit to move beyond the photo op and sound bite of racial justice work. May you keep going even when your feelings get hurt. May you never settle for quiet when it's peace we seek after. May you know you are not alone. There are plenty of faithful people on this journey. And may you remember the God of all humanity is with you in an unrelenting pursuit for justice. Amen. This is the season of Epiphany in the church year, a season of God surprising us of unexpected revelations about who God is and how God is at work in the world. It's a season of light breaking into places where shadows are the norm, illuminating and bringing new perspective new hope, new life. We're not just talking of historical events in some distant place. God is still surprising us 
and light is still now, now piercing through the murky shadows surrounding us today. God hears our cries from the shadows, the brokenness of our lives, individually, communally, certainly as a nation in these days, and all around this hurting world. Jesus tells us that the kingdom of heaven, the reign of God, has come near. The kingdom of heaven, not just in some unknown future time, but here and now. The kingdom work of Jesus lifting up the lowly and brokenhearted, shaking the powerful from their thrones, and proclaiming release to those who sit in darkness, of freeing the burdened and battered, of caring for the widows, orphans, and the poor. Do you see it? It's close at hand because Jesus has come to dwell in the neighborhood, to be in relationship with us and bring salvation to us. Jesus is calling to follow him, invites us into this kingdom work, and is spoken to us today in this place, into our daily lives. That's right, you are called, and you are called, and you are called, and I am called. No matter your age or your gender, no matter how you spend your days, at home or work or school or in retirement, no matter your social status, Jesus is calling you. An author went on a book tour after the release of his first book. At one tour stop, he walked into the cavernous auditorium and from his podium at the front, looked out to find one person present, a woman sitting in the back row. She must have been Lutheran. <laughs> With a smile, he invited her to move closer to the front. She replied, no, I'll stay put. I might want to leave early. When Jesus calls us to follow, there's no leaving early. There's only front row seating available and most likely the chairs have seat belts for the risky and unpredictable ride ahead. When Jesus calls us to follow him, we, have, we are going to have to abandon some of our nets. Those living tools, assumptions, ways of life that we cling to in their familiarity. What will that be? What shall we toss upon the abandonment heap? I was almost hoping someone's cell phone would ring during this message. I was ready to say, it must be Jesus. Are we ready for the epiphany surprise and the joy 
of that call. Listen up. Thanks be to God. Amen.